Pearl Iliadis, thank you very much for taking my call and welcome to Radio Canada International. It's a pleasure to be on. Now, um, the Norwegian Refugee Council called the situation in Cameroon as the most underreported crisis right now. You were one of the authors of a report into the situation uh, in in Cameroon called Cameroon's Unfolding Catastrophe. Uh, Just give me a snap picture of of what's going on and why uh, should we pay attention to what's happening there? Well, what's going on is that since 2016, there's been a resurgence of Uh, conflict in the northwest and southwest regions of Cameroon, which are home to the Anglophone minority population uh, in the country, around 5 million people in that part of the country as part of an overall population of about uh, 25 million. Um, The trouble started because a group of lawyers and teachers started protesting uh, the assimilation, if you will, of the Anglophone population, uh, which began uh, in 2016 by protests which tried to object to the fact that the government of Cameroon was sending French-speaking judges uh, into the Anglophone area uh, who could not uh, speak English and were not trained in common law, that they were sending uh, Francophone uh, teachers into Anglophone areas who could not speak to Anglophone children, Um, that businesses and economic activity were gradually being eroded, and so they protested. They went into the streets and had a peaceful assembly. Those peaceful assemblies and protests were met with a vicious government crackdown. That crackdown provoked armed local protection groups and self-defense groups from springing up, many of whom have since uh, spiraled out of control and themselves become uh, armed groups and, and problems within those regions. Uh, the conflicts have resulted in um, half a million displaced persons, and I would uh, point out that this tiny country, Cameroon, is now the sixth largest source uh, of displaced persons in the world right now. Uh, 40,000 children have uh, effectively lost their education uh, over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, hundreds, if not thousands, have been killed. Uh, they have burned more than 200 villages uh, to the ground in these regions. People have uh, fled into the bush, uh, and there's more than a million uh, people who are in need of immediate humanitarian uh, aid. So we are not exaggerating when we say that this is a human rights uh, catastrophe. So that's what's that's what's going on um, right now. Uh, the reason why we launched this report right now is because uh, we felt that Uh, First of all, several international NGOs, Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, International Crisis Group, and the Norwegian Refugee Council have been sounding the alarm for more than a year, uh, issuing excellent reports. Uh, The Cameroonian government has criticized these uh, NGOs by saying that these are international organizations, they're not on the ground, or they're not credible. Uh, So we thought it would be helpful, uh, number one, to synthesize, to put together all of the research coming from all of these sources to show that it is not simply one or two organizations with their own agenda. And I think most important, and uh, this point was recently emphasized to me by Yona Diamond, who's the uh, senior counsel at the Raoul Wallenberg Center, which is one of the organizations putting together the report, um, pointed out that it is essential to underscore the fact that the partner that we're working with in this project, in this report, is the Center for Human Rights and Democracy in Africa, and they are the leading, the premier 
Cameroonian organization on the ground working directly on these issues, and we think this gives it uh, credibility in terms of it being a grassroots organization with international uh, recognition, but also that it corroborates uh, and in many cases is the source for many of the figures of the international NGOs who uh, are also working on this issue. Now, you are a human rights lawyer based here in Montreal. How did you get involved with this uh, project? So I've worked in uh, Central Africa uh, mainly and uh, East Africa. So so West Africa is not uh, my area of expertise. Uh, but a couple of years ago, I met uh, by chance a Cameroonian who has come to Canada seeking refugee status. Um, he came to Canada as part of a human rights uh, training course. And uh, he started talking to me about what was happening in Cameroon. And I have to admit, uh, you know, as somebody who follows human rights, I was embarrassed to discover that I knew very little about it. This is an international crisis that is flying way below the radar screen. Uh, and as I started to inform myself, I realized that many Canadian organizations, even those who purport to be dealing with human rights or do deal with human rights, uh, didn't know about this situation. And, and so it really was an exercise at the beginning in educating ourselves and, and finding uh, Cameroonians living in Canada who had personally lived through uh, what was going on here. So we think uh, as a result of this that you know multilateralism and internationalism have to prevail here i think canada has an important multilateral role to play in urging uh, the international uh, community on um, and then we decided uh, as part of this project uh, to to partner uh, with the organization i mentioned earlier the center for human rights and and uh, democracy in africa so so this really is a unique partnership of of two organizations, a Cameroonian organization and a human rights organization based here in Canada, but focused on international issues, working together in common cause um, to to increase awareness of it, to get on shows like this one so that people uh, can, can be more aware of what's happening and understand that Cameroon, even though it is a historically uh, stable country that has uh, not got a reputation for this kind of conflict, is quickly sliding uh, into uh, into civil war. What would you like to see the Canadian government do in this case? Well, I think I think first of all, I think Canada needs to be much more vocal than it's been so far. Canada's been relatively restrained in its public statements about this. I think many in the Canadian diplomatic service uh, believe that that uh, this is you know a series of reciprocal internal conflicts that. Uh, are unfortunate, but uh, really have to be seen in that light of an internal conflict, and and we think that's the wrong approach. So I think I think the Canadian uh, I think global affairs needs to change its lens. Um, I think that uh, even if there is an international conflict going on, that does not uh, remove responsibility uh, from Cameroon for what appear to be uh, individual instances of officials engaging in crimes against humanity. So I think that first step of denouncing what is happening, recognizing it for what it is, calling it what it is. Um, I would also commend the Canadian government for recently uh, making a significant investment into the northwest and southwest regions of Cameroon. Uh, Global Affairs recently made or announced uh, an investment specifically to deal with the conflict. We feel that that money uh, should be going to provide not only humanitarian assistance that does go directly to the people uh, uh, who are in the bush, uh, but also to ensure that there are independent, impartial investigations into these human rights violations uh, and to ensure that there are um, 
uh, internationally uh, impartially mediated talks uh, to bring the parties together. And recently there has been some movement in that direction. How much of uh, the Canadian stance do you think is influenced with the fact that uh, uh, Cameroon is dealing with a separatist movement? How much of that sensitivity is uh, uh, kind of affecting the Canadian policy there? I'm not a political scientist, and so I, I'm hesitant to wade into this, but I, I would say that it is not unusual, you know, as a lawyer having worked in some of these types of countries, it is not unusual for governments to use the, to equivocate, if you will, or to, to make uh, equivalent uh, separatist movements with terrorist movements. And there's no question that there are criminal elements going on in, in uh, in Cameroon, but the fact of the, this actually reminds me a lot of of Sri Lanka before the last civil war. I was working there in 2007, 2008, and the government was doing very much the same thing. There was a specific region of the country where there was a separatist movement, but they were also engaged themselves in criminal activity, and the government really, with some success, used the label of terrorism uh, to shield scrutiny of their behavior. Um, I think the international community is a little more savvy now than they were a decade ago, and I think uh, groups like the Norwegian Refugee Council, Human Rights Watch, and others, and us, of course, uh, are are calling that and saying that this is not an acceptable response. Uh, Those who've been engaged in criminal activity need to be prosecuted, yes, uh, but that does not in any way uh, excuse uh, barring access to humanitarian aid. The existence of a separatist element does not uh, in any way excuse the government from activities like raising villages, sending soldiers in and reprisal attacks, uh, detaining people arbitrarily, uh, detaining civilians and torturing them. And we have extensive documentation of all of those activities. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. We very much appreciate your interest.